Welcome to Are We Missing the Point podcast. This is your host, Phil Shepard, not Santa Claus, but known as the Whiskey Preacher. This happens to be our Christmas episode. Woo! Uh, yeah, it's about as, as happy as I get around Christmas. But no, actually, I'm really excited about Christmas this year because my guest is an old friend of mine from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we recently got to see him in this amazing musical called All Is Calm, and it literally hit... I, and I don't think I expressed this, Ben, but... His name is Ben Johnson. Thank you, Ben, for coming on the show. Hey, hey, yeah, absolutely. And but it 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 significantly has changed my life. That musical. Wow, excellent. Yeah, and and we can go into that a little bit later. But thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the Christmas special. <laughs> right on. Well, and right so. On. So tell us a little bit about All Is Calm. What what is it's not a musical is not the right word. Is it an operetta? Is it is it its own thing? And what is the premise of it? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I think it kind of is its own its own thing. It was uh, created originally actually uh, for radio. So it was a radio show, and it premiered on uh, NPR. Okay. Um, so it is kind of the old school, you know, the singers and the, the accompaniment is in the background and then the, the radio hosts kind of do their talk. It's kind of, so it's kind of, a uh, um, uh, what's the dude that does the old, uh, Garrison Keeler. Theater. The Garrison Keeler, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of has that kind of feel, kind of storytelling sure. with a musical accompaniment. So that's how it was created. Um, or what it was created for originally. Uh, it since then has uh, taken the stage. Now this was ten years ago that it was made, um, and it's and, a Pulitzer uh, Prize winning. Uh, uh, no, no, is that, it not? It's not. It, that's common. The common con- confusion between this uh, production, this show, and uh, and uh, the opera. There is an actual opera that is based off of the French film Joyeux Noël, okay, which okay. takes place. You know, it's the same Christmas truce. Okay. However, that was a, um, it's a, a bit of fiction. They created a gotcha. fictional narrative and set it in that, in that thing. And, now, and, that, and, that and, opera, I was also a part of in Minneapolis. Oh, okay. And, uh, that, that did win the Pulitzer for, uh, the, the composer won the Pulitzer. Well. I think it was three years ago. I'm telling you, as more people get to see this, this should be up there with it. I mean, I think it should. Your all's production was so breathtaking, and 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 people I know are listening to this are like, "What the hell are they talking about?" So set set the stage for for this experience, musical, whatever you want to call it. Sure, sure. Well, it's a it's kind of a shorter piece as far as theaters go, uh, theater goes. It's only about an hour and five minutes. There's no intermission. Uh, it's just and, and, a and I will captive say, thing. I will say it's a very intense hour and five minutes. Yeah, yeah. We don't... From the first note to when the curtains close, it's an intense moment. So Yeah, it's kind of, it's a good ride. And you can hear, you know, like, oh, you can hear a pin drop uh, oh. in, in, in every theater we've done it in. Yeah, uh, that I've done. I've been a part of it in the last two years, um, all over the, uh, the Midwest here, and then now also Dallas. Um, yeah, it's um, uh, it's it's yeah, it's very captive audience, right? It's it, it's designed that way. 
there's no there's no real gaps. There's no moment to applaud or clap or uh, or recover really between things. Everything is is kind of dovetailed together. Um, so yeah, it's it's designed that way. It's directed that way. The, the, the each scene flows to the next. And it takes place at a very uh, almost forgotten time that that we forget in mm-hmm. in our history because now it's over a hundred years ago. Yep. Uh, but it's it's it takes place Christmas Eve of 1914 in in the trenches in World War One or the Great War as they called it at that time. That's right. And and it's the and correct me if I'm wrong. So the Pope decreed a from the Vatican a truce for Christmas and Christmas Eve, and mm-hmm. the Germans were all about it. Allies were like, no, fuck you. And nope. we're going to do our own thing. However, the soldiers had their own idea about what they wanted to do. And and oh, it's oh. this beautiful scene where really music is what brought these two sides together. I mean, not only was there a truce in certain areas, but I mean, there was football game, soccer, excuse me, for those who don't know what football is. You know, there was a football game. Yeah. I mean, there was singing. I mean, tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you kind of hit the point uh, of of um, part of the uh, motivation for this particular production, and showed the inspiration being music. Um, the trenches were at this particular time, the beginning of the war, were really close together, like you know, thirty yards apart in some areas um, along the along the trench lines, which ran for hundreds of miles, um, but close enough that you could hear your enemy. And on uh, uh, Christmas Eve, yes, the Pope uh, requested a truce or a, a ceasefire to observe the holiday. And like you said, uh, everybody rejected it, except ironically, at least from our historical bias, uh, the Germans, <laughs> they did accept it. Um, so, but, uh, and so they were the ones that kind of started it seemed, as far as we know, started singing and like Stille Nacht, Silent Night was uh, yeah. was one of those songs that uh, that kind of started it all off. So the so the so the, the humans in the trenches found that very human element of music, well, and, and that's it, what that's what said, hey, listen to that, you know, they kind of went and back to give and forth. People a visual, so you all are in authentic timepiece costumes which i forgot to tell you when, when i saw it i was very impressed on how time sensitive because I, I know some theater troops you know they mm-hmm. kind of fudge on a, a certain props but you all want to out out i mean it was yeah yeah like we this... kind of have a, a mix of of the different uh Different, you know, from British to German to but it's time French sensitive. To... It was stuff. That yeah, people yeah, wore. it's 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 yeah, for sure. It's it's um, it definitely brings that brings that feel because of that for sure. Well, and, and I want to give the audience, people who are listening to this, that kind of an mm-hmm. idea. So you're dark in the theater, just from a, a person who's watching the experience. Uh-huh. This, right. Yeah, you're you're watching. It goes dark. The, the fog machine rolls up, and mm-hmm. these pictures that are actually from that time period start flashing yep. behind you, and then mm-hmm. you all start singing. 
And mm-hmm. I, I, I jokingly told your wife, Jen, this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew who you were immediately because I saw your hairline through the fog before I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I, there I, it is. I yeah. know that hairline. There it is. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's intense from the, the moment you all start. Yeah, it's very focused. I mean, it, it's very draws you in, right? I mean, it's uh, the, the the opening piece is a is a Scottish little little bit, a little ditty, which vocally we you know one guy one voice starts it, and it's the will you go to Flanders? Yeah, um, and, and, and the rest of us just start humming or ooing, kind of a la bagpipes, um, and that yeah. That's how it kicks off, and, and, and pretty much in the dark. And well, yeah. yeah, and me being a history nerd, so going back again for folks who are listening, because mm-hmm. uh, some might not know what the Fields of Flanders is mm-hmm. or was. Uh, you, can you can you tell us a little bit about that and and why that's so significant? Uh, yes, yeah, I can do my best. I mean, "Will You Go to Flanders?" It's a Scottish folk song. Yep, um, and it was uh, basically. Uh, one of the many uh, pieces of propaganda to uh, get guys riled up about joining joining the war, um, and there you know there's there's come on and join, which is a is a different ragtime sure. kind of yeah. song. Uh, you know, of course, God save the king on the British side. Goodbye, it's a long way to Tipperary. All these uh, propaganda, all these nationalistic kind of kind of songs, um, and that's. That's what. That's how the war started. I mean, it really. Um, historians have a hard time saying because I don't think there is any other reason that the war started other than propaganda and sort of nationalism. Um, and that, that that's what they did. They, they they made the the other guy to be the enemy, and they said, "We've got to do this. We need a hundred thousand more men. You know, we're going to do it." And everybody's like, "Okay, yeah, yay!" and Nobody really knew why. Well, and, 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 well, and, yeah, and 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 again, going going back just a minute before we go mm-hmm. back to the actual musical, but sure. So they they had a dilemma at their hands because they told everybody that the war was going to be over by Christmas. Well, exactly. You know, Christmas Eve comes; it's not over. Their enlistments are running out, and they don't want to be there. They right. don't want to shoot these people. They don't want to be shot at. They're tired yep. of it. I mean, and it's almost, and, and you all portray this very well, I thought, that a lot of people don't understand that the officers came from more of an aristocratic background, and, mm-hmm. and they hung out in, in, yeah. in the safer area, if there was a safe area in the trenches, where everybody else had to go up front. Totally. And and essentially, the Allied sides yep. gave them the, their officers the bird and said that they wanted to participate in this because it was so striking. So mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it was almost yeah. like they had this idea that it was a gentleman's war, and war is never a gentlemanly thing, right? It, it's right. and and I think you hit the nail on the head. What I absolutely love about it, it shows the humanity. Of people mm-hmm. and, and the commonality within the hum, human humanity, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, and going back to the music, so we we know historically the Germans started it. You said with the the German version of Silent Night. What is it called again? Say it in German. Stille Nacht. And tell us about that scene a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Well, uh, the like I said, they kind of had been doing uh, this back and forth kind of uh, egging each other on and sharing each other's, you know, one side what the Germans would sing uh, Deutschland, Deutschland, or whatever, and then and then the British would come back with with uh, one of their tunes, one of their temporary, you know, and it so went back and forth. But then finally, uh, one of the Germans actually crawled out of the trench, stood up with. Uh, some stories say with a with a little Christmas tree, they had they had begun to light Christmas trees on the top, on the edges of their fences. Which, by the way, nobody knew what that was. The German, you know, Tannenbaum. That was that yeah. was a very German thing. That the the British had no idea what that even was at that time. It's kind of the introduction of the Christmas tree. Yeah. Um, and the, so the German this German soldier got up and began to sing uh, Stille Nacht. And uh, came out of the trench, you know, with his hands raised, like, please don't shoot me. Oh, Lord, here I go. Will you do us a favor? Will you sing just a little bit of it since it's on the podcast? <laughs> Come on. Uh, sure, sure. Well, it goes, so it goes, Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht, all schläft einsam Nacht. You know, and that's the good old silent night melody. Yeah. Uh, but we sing it in German and French and English, um, all at the same time at one point, when, when uh, to sort of symbolize so that everybody joined in in their own language. Um, because it was, a, it, was a, it was a popular song at the time. Um, it was new at the time, but it was uh, it had it had gotten around to Europe already, so people knew it. Um, yeah, and so then so the other the Allied forces, you know, the brave ones creeped out and, and began to join in, and and that all just crescendoed into you know a bunch of guys standing out there, in no man's land, like know, for the a area full between. evening, like yeah, for so a full for the the night, yeah, they spent the night out there trading pictures and drinking whiskey and trading cigars and and uh tobacco and and, and they that they, they shared what they had on them which was is also kind of symbolic of the whole thing right they brought what they had in their pockets and and exchanged it and uh you know um that was their gifts peace offerings to each other each other um some of the yeah there there are there are different i mean we believe somewhere between a hundred thousand and three hundred thousand men took part in this truce. Wow! Yeah, and just... seven, seven different, six or seven. I mean, it's it's a little depending on your source. Sure. Uh, seven different truces along the front. So now remember that the front was hundreds of miles long. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and we're also told that each was unbeknownst to the other. So it wasn't just one big mass thing. It was it was pockets of it that happened. Wow. Of course. It's all instigated by the Pope and, and, and the conditions and all of that. And, and, uh, and that's, so it popped up along and the longest record, um, the longest, any one of the truths, uh, truths lasted was a week till New Year's. Wow. So, so in some cases there was a whole week of fraternization and, and playing football and, and things like that. Where in other places it was more of just a ceasefire you know, on the, on the opposite side of it. And some lasted just, just the day, just the Christmas day. So, wow. Yeah. I very mean, varied. And yeah. So powerful. And to natural. me, 
I love what you said about, you know, they gave what they had as a peace offering. And mm-hmm. to me, that, that's such the Christmas story, no matter what right. faith you're a part of. Right. You know, sure. that it, it it's about recognizing the love and the humanity and, dare I say, the divinity in each other. And, mm-hmm. and and not wanting to destroy that, and that to me is is the crux of the Christmas story. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and before I get all emotional and stuff and go into that that part, I I uh, I also wanted to to point out though to the listeners, like every piece of dialogue that you all speak was actually handwritten or was from a report, so nothing that you speak on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, is 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 dramatized. I mean, it's not falsified at all. It's, right, right. it's actual dialogue, written dialogue that people had. Yep, all the te- yeah, right. Journals, uh, official war documents, interviews, uh, World War One poets. Some of uh, one of the one of the bits that I do is a is a gravestone inscription. Uh, the radio broadcast, you know, and of course all the music are all iconic World War One songs and ballads and carols and things. The only thing that was written by our director and creator, Peter Rothstein, is the last three things at the very end that sort of wrap it up and say, you know, the war lasted for this and it never happened again. And, and sure. And those we do. And those we do. Uh, another backing up side note is we do all all of these readings in their uh, authentic dialects. Yes. And, and, so we and, had, you know, we you learned that. Them, and you did them really well. Like, like when somebody sounded like they were from Germany or Bavaria, they, mm-hmm. you all made it sound like it was convincing from the tone that you set from the opening note. And, 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 and speaking of opening note real quick, uh, this is a <laughs> rabbit trail. And I told you this after the <laughs> performance, but, it, it took me about 15 minutes before I realized there is no accompaniment. You all do this completely a cappella. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes, totally. It's that's one of the one of the biggest draws to it. I mean, it's one of the biggest challenges, really, for us uh, as an ensemble. Um, yeah, so it's 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 tough. It's a it's a really tough thing. I think we change keys like 26 times. Yeah, and uh, there's you know there's a couple of guys. I think there's two or three guys that have uh, pitchforks, and I think one or two pitch pipes up there, um, but are all really well disguised. Um, and yeah, they, 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 so we check we check and reset pitches throughout wow. once in a while. But uh, for the most part, we kind of go with the flow. And sometimes we you know shift and we're in the wrong key for a little while. And but, you know you don't notice that stuff. <laughs> I mean, you all do, but we don't. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that 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 is very true, and I've heard that too. So I've heard uh, from from other people that have seen it that, that you said that. I was like, oh, I didn't realize. Suddenly, I realized that this is you're singing the whole time, you know, and 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 there was music continual. It's definitely underscored. Well, and I think that that shows the strength, the vocal strength of your. Um, is it troop or is it uh, what, what would you call yourselves? What, tell us a little bit about that. 
Sure. Uh, yeah, Troop seems to be a good name for this one. Okay. Because um, there's 12, uh, yeah. 12 of you that 12 of us. Correct. And, and all of you are from the Twin Cities area, except except one lives in New York. Is that correct? Then one one is currently based in New York. The yeah, rest yeah. of us are in Minneapolis, yeah. St. Paul. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, so it was, like I said, it was created for radio, and it was created by and with um, a, a vocal, a professional touring vocal ensemble called Contus. Okay. Um, so the original cast was those nine guys that were singers that did this for a living and they do it year round, uh, different, different concerts and things. This was their, their creation, uh, specifically for this, obviously. And then it was three actors that did all of the citations. Mm. So they didn't do any singing. So you can imagine. So, so that was again for radio and then they staged it. But it was staged very plainly, and the, the nine guys that were singing kind of just stood in an arc behind the three actors, and the three actors traded off uh, the citations. So it was, it was pretty pretty um, stagnant. Not a lot of theater per se. Gotcha. Um, so they had to. So Peter Rothstein and Eric Lichte is uh, the two creators um, had had to make a decision because Contus was done doing it. I think they did it for six years. Okay. Um, and, uh, like I say, they, they had, they, they do this all year round as a professional group. And it was kind of a big commitment to do this every holiday season when they had to try to fit in some of their own holiday concerts. Sure. And, um, so at, at some point they said, you know, we're going to do this two more years until we're going to be done with it. And, and so I think that was three years ago. And, um, so Peter, um, they had to make a decision whether they were going to try to uh, do it without Contus, the vocal group, mm-hmm. um, or not. And it was a bit of a daunting task. It was truly a question mark. And last year, um, they said, "Well, let's let's give it let's give it a go." Um, it had become such a tradition for people to see here in Minneapolis. They'd done it yearly for I think, like I said, six or seven years. And uh, it became, it was my, I saw it three or four times uh, throughout the years. It was something I, I saw it with the original <laughs> bunch. And so uh, I auditioned for it. And it, it's all singer-actor. Okay. Uh, there, there are a lot of musical theater, three or four people that have kind of primarily, primarily had um, opera careers. And, and you and, did and this do. through like a theater company? Mm-hmm. I mean, did theater. Mean, uh, yep. said to a theater company and, and that's what you've done it through. And what's the name of yep. that theater company? Theater Latte Da. Latte Da. Latte Da. Yep. Theater Latte Da. And that's based here in Minneapolis. Um, and so, yeah, so he, he they, they redid it and we re, redid the whole thing, you know, from the, the staging of it, you know, it's entirely different. And, and all 12 of us then of course do the, the speaking and the singing. Yeah. So, and the, the, like you say that the, the ensemble of it was the big question mark. And last year, um, after we got it on its feet and started to get some reviews and they were positive, they were very positive and very, and, you know, some were like, Oh, this is even better than it was. Um, just because they added theatrics mm. and, um, yeah, so so we're like, all right, let's do it again. 
You are listening to Are We Missing the Point podcast with your host, Phil Shepard, also known as The Whiskey Preacher. My guest in the studio today is Ben Johnson. We are talking about All Is Calm. Go to our commercial, hang out for a second, and we'll be right back. Today, we embark on a journey. What is sacred to you? How do you tangibly connect with the things that are sacred to you. Love is a seed, is rooted in the belief that all things are for a purpose and everything is sacred. Every piece these jewelers make contains their hearts, thoughts, enjoyment, and attention to the smallest detail. The hope is that you will wear their items with this in mind and be confident that you are part of their story. Shop Love is a Seed by connecting with them on Etsy or connect with them on Facebook at Love is a Seed Designs. Be sure to also connect with Love is a Seed on their Instagram and Twitter too. Custom orders are welcome. And don't forget to use your coupon code WHISKEY to get 20% off your order. Jim Brandvik engraves handmade, western-style jewelry, knives, buckles, spurs, and other popular accessories with personalized scenes, insignia, and other symbols. Each piece that Jim makes is engraved with fine detail in a pattern that personally befits your own unique style and adds a little western art flair. Vintage rope patterns, leaf work, stars, horses, Native American symbology... All these can be engraved on horseshoes and other accessories as gifts or for weddings, anniversary, and life celebrations. You can go to horseshoeengraver.com, all one word, to view his collection of horseshoes, bracelets, pendants, rings, money clips, and tokens, or you can click on the contact link to inquire about a custom-made item. Right now, they are having a special sale just for listeners of Are We Missing the Point? So if you are making a purchase through Jim's site, just type in the promo code WHISKEY to get 20% off your order. Hey everyone, it's Josh, the producer on Are We Missing the Point. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, This is our last episode for the year. Phil and I are taking a couple weeks off to relax, to spend time with families, uh, and just get ready for a new year with more episodes to come. We will be back on January 9th with more interviews and some other exciting new stuff. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to connect with us on our Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, Twitter, where we are at awmtppodcast, and Instagram, where we are at awmtp underscore podcast. You can listen to all nine of our episodes on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash point, or look for us on iTunes. Uh, Thank you to the band The Digital Age for allowing us to use their song I Can See It's Coming off of their album Galaxies, which you can find on iTunes and their website, thedigitalagestore.com. And finally, thank you to everyone for listening and sticking with us as we figure out what we're doing here with this podcast. It's been a great journey so far, and I cannot wait to see what happens in 2017. Have a happy, safe, fun holiday season, and may you find rest and comfort as this year ends and a new one begins. See you next year. To a place that is closer than our skin. Ho, ho, ho. 
Welcome back to Are We Missing the Point podcast Christmas episode. I'm your host, Phil Shepard, also known as the Whiskey Preacher. Today in the studio, I have my buddy, longtime friend, Ben Johnson from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Recently got to see him and this amazing, it, it, it's, we were talking about earlier in, in this episode, it's really not, it's its own thing. It's not a musical, it's not an opera, it's not an operetta, it's not technically straight up a play either. It's this amazing experience called All Is Calm. It takes place in Christmas Eve 1914 in the trenches of World War One. Thanks again, Ben, for being in here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I told you in the beginning of the episode that this changed my life. There's been a lot, a lot of fucking chaos going on in my life right now, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Like my mom just had a massive stroke, and 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 my family's trying to deal with that, and and and, and it's the holiday season. My father, I just we just uh, not celebrated, but observed seven years of his passing, and mm-hmm. um, so the Christmas season for me is always, you know, as a kid, I always loved it because it was always about presents. I was a spoiled little shit growing up. And I, and I love that. And the older I got, you know, I became a teenager and it was about food. And then, you know, it eventually became something as about me being like with the people I give a shit about and I love dearly about. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we have this quote unquote pagan holiday that we've deemed as if you're part of the christian narrative we say it is it's jesus's birthday right and 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 it's become this other thing you know black friday becomes you know black or thursday after you get done eating uh, with you know your thanksgiving dinner you can go shopping and I'm all about sustainable capitalism and go shop, go shop to somebody who's making some great shit and help sustain some stuff. But it's, you know, my Christmas spirit, I should say, has um, not been there a lot of the last handful of years. But damn mm-hmm. it, Ben. I mean, when you sent us the Facebook message, hey, we're bringing this to Dallas, I know you, you guys in Fort Worth, but would you please come? I'd love to see you. And we came, and my life, I, I, I compare it to the first time I saw Les Mis when I was 14. <laughs> and, it changed, right <laughs> and it changed my life, honestly. Because, yep. and, and the first time I saw Damien Rice live. I mean, oh, those, yeah. those, those moments, you know, um, I... I, I remember it, one was in 92, one was in 03, and one was in 2016. And those are the nice. moments. And, but, man, it just, especially in where we are at as a country right now, we are so torn mm-hmm. racially, ethically. We are torn religiously. We are torn politically. Um, I, in my humble opinion, which I respect, we have a fucking Warren going to be a president. I'm sorry mm-hmm. if you voted for him, um, but that's right. how I feel it. I'm really sorry if you voted for him. Uh, no, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> right. you know, and, I'm really sorry. and then you have in all this chaos that's happening with my family, and then I get to go to this 
beautiful, as the Celts call it, the thin space, where it becomes mm. this holy moment. And what I was not expecting, you know, I was excited to see you. I was excited to see you and, and, and your forte, you know, because you used to be the, well, you are the one of the music guys at Solomon's Porch. We were part of that yep. community when we lived in, in Minneapolis, and that's how we became friends. Yep. But damn, Ben, I mean, it was, it like, I bawled on the way home. Yeah. Because it was that beautiful. Because it, you're, these people were literally trying to kill themselves. In some circumstances, we are here, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet, they're like, this is fucking stupid. There is a greater purpose. And finding the humanity and the commonality with that. That to right. me is a is the fucking gospel. Forget the Christmas story, but that's the gospel to me, right. and and yeah, and, and it changed my life mm -hmm. forever and good, and I yeah. appreciate that. And so to say that I I, I just want to say thank you for for bringing a inviting us, but doing that. I mean, and I want to know because we talked a little bit of, after the show. You've had some similar experiences in talking to other people that this has been that critical in their lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's and very, in your own life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as I said in the first segment, uh, I, I saw the show, um, I, don't know, I don't know how many, six years ago, I'll guess, and uh, with my wife, Jennifer, and we... Ended, we said we're doing this every year, and we did for three or four years, and brought our kids, and, and you know, of course, they fell asleep the first time, but they were little. Uh, don't blame <laughs> them. And uh, uh, yeah, it became it redeemed it redeemed the season uh, in a lot of ways for me, absolutely. And I had uh, worked with uh, Peter Rothstein, the creator director of this show, uh, many many years ago, and saw him actually after the show and gave him a big old hug and said, I want to do this someday. And he said, well, it's a real tough one. Yeah, so we, uh, to bring it to Dallas, I mean, I I personally don't know the details of that. Um, there's a booking company, there's a tour company okay. that, that manages that stuff. Um, and uh, I think that, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we the, the, the powers that be were a little unsure on, of how this particular production was going to go and be received and uh and i think they got kind of a late start on uh booking the tour for this year mm -hmm. so it ended up being similar to last year mostly in that it was regional mm -hmm. um there were a couple of national spots Dallas being one of them that that well the only one actually that did end up panning out and locking in um i've already heard and this is totally like rumor mill but that we're going to head east and maybe hit some spots out in new york and uh, dc Ooh. next year yeah um they're not nothing is nothing is uh contracted out yet but sure supposedly they're building a tour for next year and it, and it looks to be uh, um a little broader and, and so you, i'm really excited about that, and, and, that yeah that and happens. do you want to do it again next year oh absolutely yeah without a doubt i mean it's 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 a it's a great fit um it's for for our family, it's not a very long commitment. You know, the holiday season's only a couple two months, basically, on the outside of it, and um, and 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 it's it's very doable. With our our kids, we you know we're only about three years from being empty nesters. So my wife and I, so we're wow, we're that to makes the point me feel our, really old, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. 
Oh shit. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, it's kind of good timing as far as my life, um, pattern goes and, and what, uh, you know, our kids are pretty self-sufficient and not that I just leave them by themselves forever, but sure. you, know, you know, they're high schoolers. They can, they never be able, want to be around us anyway anymore. <laughs> that, that's funny. Yeah, true. Very true. That's so right? funny. Yeah. Oh, so what initially, I mean, I, I know you said you saw it when it was under the mm-hmm. original production, Yeah. Um, but what was it specifically about this production that drew you into saying, Hey, I want, when you saw Rothstein afterwards mm-hmm. and you say, I want to mm-hmm. do this someday, what was it? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it was definitely the perfect, felt kind of like the perfect storm. Um, I've done, um, I did the sort of the choir thing in, in college and, and et cetera. I, my, my degree is in vocal performance. Um, but I went more of the opera and theater route. Um, and I chose not to pursue opera because of the, um, the crazy schedule, uh, crazy, the crazy life that that is, because you really have to go and live in different cities for a couple of months at a time to do a production. You're just never at home. I don't know if listeners, unless they're a part of this world, I don't think they realize how much work this is. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember talking to another cast member when we were, um, I, I think, talking to you and said that, you know, or maybe they said this in the questioning and answering time afterwards, sure. which, I, sure. which I also found very unique, by the way. I thought it was brilliant. But yeah. um, it, it, there's really no room for flaws in this performance. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're cutting yourself short when you say, you know, it's easy, but no, it's not. No. <laughs> I, it's not. I mean, it's right. So yeah, it's hard work and people don't realize that this is, a, this it's work. It, I mean, yes, it's fun, but it's mm-hmm. work. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's quite a dedicated, um, um, craft. Definitely. So you, so you were telling me about the moment about you were telling us about the moment when you decided this right. is what I want to do. Right. And so this particular show, yeah, specifically, it was that kind of a perfect storm of things. I, I, I was obviously hit by the, the story of it and not having really heard the story before. Um, and then um, just the just the bunch of guys singing together um, is is very unique and it had it hadn't been it'd been something i hadn't done for several years like i said i I did the choir thing and kind of moved away from that and did more of the individual performing and songwriting and things like that um but uh it struck a you know no pun intended it struck that chord again and and uh there's nothing there's nothing like vocal harmony um together it's 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 to hear it and then to, to be a part of it is it's really unique. And then last year when I was able to, I got cast and, and was able to begin this process. Yeah. I mean, in rehearsals, it was like right away. Okay. That's right. This is what this is like. This is how this feels. And there's something, there's something spiritual about it. There's also something I think like actually very physical. Like there's some, there's some neuron stuff going on and vibration and energy and, well, and, and I, all that I, I would stuff say right? that, that, in, in that, harmony and music. Those are to me are interconnected. I can't separate those totally. out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just one big, one big 
ball of, of, well, of and goodness. <laughs> somebody in the audience feels the energy that you all produce when you're singing. It's evident from the very first note. Sweet. Yeah, that's great. And that's that's part of the part of the hope for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I when I I prefer to use the term a canter of the thin space. Uh-huh. Um and uh, yeah, you can use that just just credit me for it. <laughs> right on. Um but yeah, it, it, you all are canters of the thin spaces for this this piece and mm-hmm. god, it, I just I know I want people if you are in the area, if you are close and mm-hmm. uh, because how many performances do you all have left? Are you done? We're done with the tour. Where we have just six performances left yeah, but, but, in, in Minneapolis. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Go, go to Ladida. Get yep. your tickets, and and go see this. It, it, experience Christmas again for for the first time. Like I am excited mm-hmm. about it again because of this. Because I got to experience the divine through the hum, the human mm-hmm. aspect of the story. Yeah, and that to me is is finding the point. I mean, you have the these guys. You know, you said a hundred thousand to three hundred thousand people on the mm-hmm. front lines separately. They all collectively in different times decided we're tired of playing this game. We want to find something greater, and it's yep. just beautiful. God, I just folks, yeah. I'm telling you, go if you are in driving distance of the Twin Cities. Go. If you're in Iowa, go. If you're in Wisconsin, go. You have to go see this performance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so um uh the yeah, and you can look look it up. We're at uh we're at the Pantages Theater, which is uh part of the Hennepin Theater Trust. Okay. Um in Minneapolis. Um of course theater latte da dot org um is uh the, the theater's website that you could go through to get information and tickets. Yeah, yeah, do it. I think we open next week, Thursday, and plays through the weekend. We have six shows, um, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, so we've got matinees on the weekend. But, uh, yeah, and then we'll be put away for the year, and we'll plan to drag it out again next year. Awesome, awesome. So what what is on the horizons for Ben Johnson uh, the coming? Well, you got any other... Mm-hmm. Uh, creative projects you're working on musically that that feed you. Um, well, I'm always like like you mentioned, uh, passing a little bit ago. I still do um, create and share music at uh, our faith community, Solomon's Porch in Minneapolis. Yeah, and that is an ongoing weekly thing. Um, so that that's always there for me and for us. Um, um, the next theater production I'm in isn't until. Spring, well, let's see, March. Um, okay. That's with another local company called Artistry. And I'll be in uh, the musical The Secret Garden. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's a, a bucket list role for me, so I'm real excited about that. So I'll be, learn, I'll be learning that. What other bucket list roles do you have? I'd, lo- I'd love to go back and do Les Mis again, but I'd love to do... You know, now that I'm older, the, the Jean Valjean, of yeah, course. Yeah, because you were Marius the first time. Yes, I was. Yeah. 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 I got to do that a number of years back. One of my And I had the same experience is... as you seeing that on Broadway. Oh, yeah. It's totally like, oh. Well, the, the light went off. The, 
when Off Broadway came to Anchorage, Alaska, and we have a, f- a phenomenal. If you all could ever get booked in Anchorage at the Performing Arts Center, you can awesome. tell your booker to do it because yeah. it acoustically will be one of the best places you ever. That in Bass Hall here in Fort Worth, hands mm-hmm. down, some of the best acoustics I've ever heard. Nice. But but if you can get up there and do that, man, they would eat that up. They would love it. I'm yeah, telling absolutely. you. I mean, I'm all for it. I want to go all over the place. Let's go to Europe. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So Javert and Lemez again. And, and, oh, oh. I'm sorry. Let me let me go back again. I, I, I get all excited about talking about Lemez and all that stuff. But yeah, so I was 14 when I saw Lemez at the Performing Arts Center in Anchorage. And it, again, it changed my life. Yep. I, it was the first time I realized, and I couldn't articulate it at 14, but it was the first time I realized... God was present outside the walls of the church. Nice. And it nice. was because of that musical. So, yep. yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. so Javert and Lemez and what else? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm not as much of a musical theater geek as maybe I'd like to be someday. So I don't, I, um, there's probably something I can't think of off the top of my head, but okay. I, of course I would have said, Archibald Craven in the in the Secret Garden, and and I got cast as that, so I'm I'm sort of sort of focused on that one well, right now. We may just have to make another trip to Minneapolis to come see you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, do it. That one will be in town here for about a month. We'll run. So. Yeah, that's exciting. Oh well, mm-hmm. again, Ben, thank you very much for joining us for the Christmas special. Thank you for bringing the Christmas spirit back to. Are we missing the point? Um, thank you for just sharing that all is calm. I and mean, again, you all, if you get a chance to go see this, if it's not this year, go next year, go see it, go experience it. All is calm. I'm sure there's some bootleg videos out on YouTube if you want to. Yeah, uh, you can probably find some bits at least. Oh, well, no. I, well, I know the place that we, we saw you at recorded the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right because, Somebody but, did, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, no, they did because they were replaying it on the closed circuit TV afterwards. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm wondering. In-house, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there may be a bootleg out there. Anyway, you all need to see this. All is calm. Minneapolis. There's six more shows. And if you can't see it this year, go next year. And it's uh, And check out. Theater Ladida on Facebook and and what is it the website again? That's uh, theaterlatida.org. Dot org, and yep. uh, if you are the religious type, you should check out Solomon's Porch as well. And what Solomon's Porch is? Solomon'sPorch.com. Yep, there you go. And Ben, thank you again very much. I appreciate it. I love you, brother. You bet. Thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs>